Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of Tea and Terror. We hope you enjoy your listen, sit back, relax, and sip your tea. Ooh, yeah. that was nice. Yeah, uh, deviated from the soft script and I'm into it. <laughs> yes, I felt very panicked that I would not be able to reach the soft script in time. <laughs> but other than that, how are you guys? How you been? You know, I've been better. <laughs> Can confirm Sydney is on the floor, bundled in a, like a ball. I am. Yeah, it'd be like that though, you know. It do be. Yo, this thunderstorm needs to fucking not test me today. It tested me last night and Listen. it won. <laughs> I'm not gonna let it win a second time. I would offer to come fight it for you, but um, I'm in no state to be doing that one. No, you're not. Don't do it. Florida, chill. Listen, Florida doesn't know what that means. I'm gonna I'm gonna call up the weather people and be like, yo, tell the storm to go away or so help me. Or so help me, or so help me. So help me. Hi, baby rat. Wait, <laughs> rat. What? Thunder scared her, so she was like, get me up. Here's a baby rat. <gasps> Hi. <laughs> For those who can't see, uh, I have my sister-in-law Chihuahua in my lap because I'm taking care of the Chihuahua while they're at a wedding. Oh, and the cat, which I don't know where the cat is. Oh, the cat's behind. She was behind me a second ago. If the cat comes during the podcast, my sound waves are going to go through the roof. Retweet. My sound waves are like really small right now. I apologize. It's okay. I can say, dear Mike, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Guys, we do have an official announcement. We have another editor on the team, so I'm not going to cry as, as much. much. As much. As much. Because I still have to go through and make the cuts of, like, what segments make it, which ones don't. R.I.P. the Avatar conversation. Yeah. Listen, we went too hard I'd on listen. that intro. <laughs> we went for 40 minutes. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. But are you going to tell me that conversation wasn't bomb? It was, but it was a 20-minute long conversation. And cutting any part of it would make the conversation not make no sense. You may have a point. So then that, and then I had my vaccination site work, which I'm starting to get the the people who make me go like, is it a full moon tonight? Because God, <laughs> I'm super glad everyone's getting vaccinated and they want to get vaccinated. But some of them need to understand I'm a normal person. No, sweet baby angel, you're in customer <laughs> service. You're not a person. You're means to an end. Yeah, they don't care about who you are or what you're doing there. No. Listen. But because I'm a volunteer, I'm allowed to snap back at them. And I have a couple times. Are you? Yeah. That must be really nice. Mm-hmm. Especially with him. Well, I am not a medical professional. You're going to have to ask people inside about that. Now, can you show me your Florida residency? Mm-hmm. I don't live in Florida. Bye. We can't help you unless you have Florida address to your name. Oh, my sister finally got her vaccine. <gasps> hey! Oh, yeah. You know who else got it? You guys did. Mm-hmm. Yes, hi. Lula and I have been vaccinated this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good that your sister got vaccinated. Do you know which one? Oh, my sister got the one that starts with a P. Oh, that's the one I got. God damn it. Where are my Moderna people? No, I only know that my sister got it because she accidentally put my phone number down for them to call people because oh, nice. I have her old phone number. Oh, okay. And so it was just like, hi, Stephanie. 
please give us a call back to schedule your vaccine appointment. And I was like, well, I'm not Stephanie. But <laughs> yeah, so I copied the phone number that they told me and I sent it to her and she went, I actually already have it. I went, okay, I'm happy for her. She's been wanting it for a while. Mariah, how's your side effects today? Um, You know, I really haven't had any besides like fatigue. Like I'm pretty good today. Oh, very nice. It's just like, you know when you stretch and then you stretch a little bit too far and your muscle gets really tense? Mm-hmm. That's just what I feel in my arm. Yeah. To which I know if I stretch it out, I'll be fine. But like also stretching. I'll never know if I truly had a pain at injection site or if it was just my sunburn. Oh. <laughs> the world will never know. Right on top of my band-aid tan. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, ripping off the band-aid was a lot more painful than the actual vaccine for me. <laughs> uh, mm, uh, mm, don't know about that one. It was a whole needle. It was, it was a little needle, but it was a needle. Oh, I didn't even notice when the needle went in. I'm simply unfazed by them now. No, 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 no. Sydney, how's your week been? Oh, uh, you know, it's been... Actually, I don't actually really know this week just kind of happened and now i'm here you know what that's valid are you drinking anything while oh you're yeah i have i got my tea this week that's what happened this week <sighs> hell yeah oh uh, yeah yes you did so our man's andy sent me my tea too and turns out oh, it's been here the whole time the guy at the desk just didn't look in the right location oh. so russ What's his name, Dan? I have no idea what his name was. Gives me Dan vibes. Couldn't spell bean. But yeah, so I got... Let me pull them out. Oh, that's an obnoxious noise. I apologize. Let me drop my tea names. My little itty-bitty sample is the Oregon Breakfast Black Tea, and I'm really excited to try it. Ooh. Ooh. And then I got the Spring Romance Black Tea, which I'm also really excited to try. Love potion. Yeah. So I can find a boyfriend to force listen to my podcast with me. I'm kidding. But she's not kidding. No, I'm not. I make Mikey do it all the time. <laughs> Sometimes I sit there and I'm like, do I actually want a boyfriend or do I just want someone to like hug me every once in a while and listen to my podcast? I think it's the second one. That's uh-huh. a mood. And then I got magical butterfly herbal tea, which has butterfly pea flowers in it. And I bought a lemon so I can make the colors change. Ooh. Yeah. And then I also got the Stargazer Caramel Mate, Mate, yeah, Chai. And I'm waiting for Mariah to try hers so I can try mine so we can try it together. Hell yeah. And then our man's Andy also sent me the self-care blend, which is his favorite tea, which I'm really glad he did because I've been feeling like trash. So I've just been drinking that, which is what I have today. Hell yeah. I'll be honest, I didn't want to make tea today. I was feeling particularly lazy and decided I deserve to not work for at least one minute of my day before I go back into editing this episode. Sorry, so I love. the Pure Leaf be- Brewed Tea. And this is real, not made from powder. So I'm going to say it's tea. Oh, Pure Leaf is pretty good. I used to get their sweet tea a lot. Like a lot, a lot. This is the first one I've ever had from them because, you know, I don't drink tea. And it said real tea, and I was like, close enough. Mariah, what you got? Um, my tea this week, since I am at Max's place, is my favorite iconic um, baked a- apple cinnamon tea. Ooh. With some caramel creamer and sugar. I really want a picture that you just, like, keep a box of that there. Listen. 
I might. <laughs> I also have some real tea. Ooh. Tell me. Um, if anyone listens to Blink-182, just know no one likes you when you're 23. <laughs> Can you guys hear the car alarm going off right now? I couldn't until you said something. Yeah. God damn it. Well, Audacity hears it. Oh no. <laughs> yes, um, on the day this podcast episode comes out. Wait, guess what it is? What? I know what it is. Are you excited? Yes. Yes, dear listeners. The day this episode comes out is my birthday. Hell yeah! <laughs> Sydney! Sydney's Discord. We're good now. Okay. Uh, Sydney. Yes? Uh, we fun to sing Happy Birthday chaotically, because it's Mariah's birthday when this drops. Hell yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Three, two, one. Enjoy the chaos. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Mariah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. That was pure chaos in my ears. <laughs> As it should be. I really want the, but it was amazing the car and beautiful. alarm added to the ambiance. Yes. <laughs> if it's not there, um, have him edit it in. <laughs> that was amazing and beautiful, and I loved it. God. Thank you. Our album drops on your birthday with just oh, that hell song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a... I think it would be called an EP. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> What's your group name? I was about to say the Puffs, but I'm not a Hufflepuff, so that doesn't work for the me. Uh, Angel and Devil. Hell yeah. That's us. <laughs> and the EP is titled My Conscious. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I don't really have any real life tea other than I've been crying while editing. Not actual tears, but like inside my heart. And then vaccination sites. I got my vaccine. Anything else? I think, like, real life tea, all I really did this week was I took a drug test. I made bacon donuts. Ooh! That was really good. Yeah, I don't really think I've done a lot this week. I've done homework. I didn't work this weekend, which was nice. You know, doing homework is a lot, though. True. It's so much. My coding is just not going well this week. There's so much to do after this podcast. Same. <laughs> But, so let's get started. Oh no. Murder. <laughs> alright, alright, alright. Y'all ready for some true crime? Hell yeah. Give me two seconds to finish this mac and cheese. Okay, good, because I'm gonna need y'all to do stuff first. <laughs> okay. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wanna know what fun fact I learned this week? What'd you learn? Stress can cause holes in your mind, like in your brain. Yeah. Did you learn it in psychology? No, I learned it via Google. Oh, nice. You know what? Then my brain is fucking Swiss cheese. Same. I never thought I would see Sydney's floor. This is my floor. <laughs> it, it looks comfy. Yeah, welcome to my party. This is my bed. I have a curtain to cover my storage boxes. <laughs> nice. And this is my dragon. I love him. Relevant. 
Yeah. And this is my blanket that I made Wait. literally yesterday. <laughs> I like the blanket. Thank I you. I love the squishmallow. Why did you say relevant a dragon for Listen, your true Listen, if this story? is the case that I think it is, I'm gonna throw hands because I thought I claimed it. Um, that's that's real crazy if you do because I definitely did not check. Um, so anyways, why do we have the list? <laughs> because you like organization um so y'all got those dice <laughs> wait can i just is it is it the noah no okay i have google for my dice because my dice are somewhere else i'm using my new dice Ooh. Ooh, new dice all right what am i rolling ryan wait don't mind me just double checking it's not on the list <laughs> it is not okay we're good <laughs> did i even put it on the list it's not there if it is i'm gonna go check because not that you can't do it i'm just like curious if i put it on there or not <laughs> I didn't put it on there, but I'll find out real soon if it's what I think it is. <laughs> Are we rolling for initiative? Um, no, but that would have been fun. You know what? Let's roll for initiative. Wait, what is what are my stats? Do I have uh, any pluses? I'll give you a plus two. You're an engineer. Then I got a soft 20. <gasps> Ooh. Uh, do I have the plus two? You have a plus one. <laughs> uh, you know what? Yeah. That's 15. Dex. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Sydney, I'm going to need you to um, make me a... What would this be? Make a strength save uh, minus two. Three. Okay. Keeping okay. this in mind mentally. And Lulu, also make me a strength save, but plus one. Oh, the car alarm is finally fucking done. <laughs> oh, hold up. Let me lower my brightness. <laughs> Not 20, bitches. <gasps> Ooh, nice. Okay. Can she catch me with that? Um... Not unless she also wants the thing that's gonna happen to happen to her. No. Never mind. Okay. And I need one of you to roll uh, two D100s. Can we each roll one? Yeah. 42. Okay. 83. Yeah. Okay. Y'all both got the year wrongs, but you, um, uh, Sydney did in fact die to the Dungeons and Dragons killer. Wait. What? Yep. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me everything. <sighs> well. Where should I get started, ladies? I guess a good place to always start is in a tavern. Just kidding. No, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the tavern. What do our characters look like? Am I an elf? Uh, do I have I dark like... vision? Ooh. Mm, you'd probably be a half elf. That's a yes to dark Am I vision. Am a dwarf? Do you want to be a dwarf? Yeah. They're angry. Oh, you're right. Uh, um... Also, shout out to Maria because I know she's hating this portion, but, uh... <laughs> Alright, guys. Lulu may have lived through the Dungeons and Dragon Dragon's Killer, but, uh... Sydney died. Our story starts like this. Um, in the tight-knit community of Bridgeport, Pennsylvania, life was filled with promise for the 20-year-old aspiring poet, Jennifer Still. Mara, you love me, right? Huh? Yeah, you love me, right? Yeah. I have to fix my leg. <laughs> <laughs> okay we're good continue fucking hate this couch okay um jennifer was born with a um cleft lip and a uh i think it's a cleft lip and palate along with scoliosis but both um both conditions were repaired when she was a young girl hey that's my field the yeah. cleft palate and cleft lip yeah i saw that i was like ah, Lulu. She uh, sometimes struggled to fit in while she was a teenager and would often be bullied in high school because of her physical differences and um, the mean-spirited treatment that the students gave her 
left their own painful scars. I'll throw hands. Um, in the summer of 1999, high school was in the rearview mirror for young Jennifer Still, and her mother, Wendy Lavin, often called her a firecracker. Two days after her birthday, on July 6, 1999, all of the promise and brightness that her life was bound to have... Um, vanished in an instant. Her boyfriend Kevin came home from work um, at the car wash that he worked at after being away all day and he found Jennifer still lifeless on their bedroom floor. Oh. He immediately called 911. As you should. As you should. Montgomery Con- County detectives rushed to the scene where police found Jennifer Stowe lying on her back in a pool of blood. She had been stabbed several times in the abdomen and her throat had been viciously slashed. Which, like, what the fuck? Retired Sergeant John Kane, who at the time was working with the Bridgeport Police Department, said that it was one of the most brutal crime scenes he had ever seen. In his experience, he said the level of violence indicated a crime of passion and uncontrollable anger and rage. Uh, later on autopsy showed that there were 15 stab wounds in addition to the savage slash across her throat. Jesus! 15. That's so excessive. Right? All in her um, abdomen. I need some tea to cope with that. Retweet. I know, but just to stab her that many times and then just slash her across the throat. Like, what the fuck? That's, like, personal. Did she kill off his character? Is that what happened? Literally, like, that's, like, the only thing that... No, we can tell later. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Lulu? What was I gonna say? <laughs> what was I gonna say? <laughs> Empty brain. Swiss cheese brain. Remember? Swiss cheese brain. <laughs> the, uh... The indication that this might be a crime of passion suggested that still um, knew or had some sort of relationship with the killer, and the fact that there was no sign of forced entry supported this theory. A forensic team processed the crime scene, snapping photographs and taking blood samples. Included in these blood samples was a small trace of blood inside the bathroom sink. What year is this again? 1999. Okay. I, uh, yeah. The two days after her birthday? Yes. Yeah. DNA is still new in testing. Investigators recognized that the stray drop of blood far from the victim's body could very well belong to the killer, according to John Fallon, who was also a retired detective with the Montgomery County District Attorney's Office. He's quoted saying, when somebody stabs someone, it's very likely that they cut themselves. Because, like, when you're just so passionately stabbing... Wouldn't it be nice if when you, you're you stabbing someone, you just accidentally stab yourself because you're the real monster? Right. Eddie K, though. Instant, instant karma. Um, investigators Im- immediately looked at the people closest to Jennifer, including her boyfriend. His statement to the police about being at work at the time of the murder checked out, and he had no scrapes or cuts that would have likely occurred during a knife attack. When the DNA that was in the sink was revealed that it did not belong to him, he was cleared as a suspect. Okay. I was about to say that sounds sus, but I don't want to call people out any more than I already have on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Listen. Uh, Edward will understand from the Danny Rollins case. I still feel like I need to personally apologize to him. Alright. Sorry, I'm double checking what her boyfriend's name was. 
Oh no, my pen. Oh, there's my pen. Oh, oh no, my pen! The pen! It fell on the floor. Okay, her boyfriend's name is Kevin. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, detectives proceeded to interview um, their neighbors, friends, and people who had left messages on Jennifer's answering machine. At this point, investigators discovered that Jennifer and Kevin were Dungeons and Dragons gamers. Oh. <laughs> what? I, mm, I'm not too fami- familiar with, like, besides, like, the most obvious controversies with Dungeons and Dragons, but, like, was there still, like, a stigma at this time? The stigma uh, was, like, in the 80s. 90s-esque sort of era where it was mm-hmm. basically just like oh it's demonic mm-hmm. and like my parents still kind of think it is because they grew up with it so I think it continued a little bit after that too mm-hmm. it's like only recently that Dungeons and Dragons has lost like the stigma of it being demonic thanks critical role it was, it was largely because of critical role <laughs> um a number of friends in Jennifer's close circle were, were also into the um, uh, game Dungeons and Dragons, and so for those like unfamiliar, uh, Dungeons and Dragons is like set inside of a world that has like wizards, warriors, witches, all that kind of stuff. The three W's. It's very fun. Yeah. If you haven't played it, you know maybe let's give it a little try. You get to roll really pretty dice. (gasps) Really pretty dice. You only sometimes get murdered in game. In game. (laughs) Very important. (laughs) Um, uh, So one of the friends of Jennifer that played in their group was a young woman named Heather Greaves, as well as a young man named John... I believe it's pronounced... Eichinger. Um... But John was a longtime friend of Jennifer, who was in his late 20s, who was also known as Acme John, thanks to his job at a local market. I don't know if that's how you pronounce the name of that market, but I'm on the West Coast, so. What's the market? What's the name? Um, A-C-M-E, Acme. Acme. That's the name of an organization in one of the cartoons I watched, so I was like, the heck? Yeah, it's like, oh, those, um, thing they drop on the Roadrunner. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, mine was, I went to Carmen San Diego. Ooh. <laughs> that was also a good one. Um, after explaining to detectives that he had been in New Jersey the day of the murder, um, John told police about fellow D&D devotees named Danny and Destiny who might have information relevant to the case. The tip did indeed prove useful. Um, detectives learned that Destiny, who said she was a witch, I don't know if the context for that statement is like in game or out of game, but either way, I'm here for it. Oh, wait, no, actually, it's out of game. <laughs> I just read my next note. Uh, Destiny, who said that she was a witch, was in love with Jennifer, and so much so that she and Jennifer were wed in a Wiccan ceremony. Okay. So Didn't I, Jennifer have a boyfriend? Yeah. 
So now wait a second. Like I'm not saying polygamy is not a thing, but like, what? Yeah, I feel like if, yeah, I feel like they would want to live together if they were married. Like all three of them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't think I have a nice con- like uh, conclusion on that subject for you guys, but uh. <laughs> anywho, <laughs> it's there. Anywho. Destiny also suggested that Jennifer was possessed by demons. It was going to, that she was going to perform an exorcism to rid her of the evil spirits. Uh, she also reportedly told, not reportedly, actually told investigators that she had had a dream in which she violently stabbed Jennifer. I feel like that's not something you was tell it them. Was a dream? <laughs> you know, after she's actually been violently stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe you keep that to yourself. Yep. Uh, maybe therapy. Yeah, th- therapy. Well, we saw what happened with the Menendez brothers, love. Yeah, but I feel like she probably got paid off. Uh, Jennifer's mother dismissed the suggestion that her daughter was into witchcraft and other mumbo-jumbo as uh, simply rubbish, she says. Nonetheless, the media went to town with reports that the victim dabbled in dark arts. I get it. It's the 90s. They're taken aback. <laughs> Have you seen the original like D&D book covers? Like, I am not surprised that people thought it was demonic. <laughs> uh... No, I only ever see like dragony covers. Like the five, like before 5e, the covers looked so demonic. Like if I saw them in the store, I'd be like. That's terrifying. <laughs> oh shit. I think I'm not gonna include an original cover in my Instagram post. <laughs> Do it. Yes. My friend's dad has some of the 3.5 E ones and even those are a little rough. <sighs> oh, I wonder if Noah has any. I don't know if he's played anything before 5e. Mm. Noah? Dear Noah. Send us the goods. Um, both Danny and Destiny agreed to be swapped for their DNA, which also didn't match the drop of blood that was in the bathroom sink. Uh, investigators were back to square one, and eventually the case went cold. Oh, okay. Right? I don't like that. Right? We just love when investigators just like, well... We lost kind of our only real lead. I guess we'll just give up. At least I don't think this one was a week, like Asha degree. I'm still pissed about that. I still think about it. Me too. Same. Um, was that six years later in 2005? Uh. Another brutally violent triple homicide took place just 10 minutes away from where Jennifer was murdered. That's fun. Oh, shit, okay. Triple. Um, Zero to a hundred real quick. Fuck. Right? Uh, George Greaves, who was a devoted dad and grandfather, returned to his home in... Uh, King of Prussia, which is a uh, place in Pennsylvania, um, to find that his daughters Heather, 27, and Lisa, 23, 
as well as his granddaughter Avery, had been savagely stabbed to death. Do I? Hmm. I'm trying to see if I have an age for Avery. No, bitch, baby. Alice is three. No, no. Well, there's a little picture of Lisa with Avery. Oh, her hands right now. Same. Um, Heather had another daughter who was six years old named Melody, but she had she was uh with her father during this uh massacre. Um, in George's nine one one call. He just is like, there's blood all over. It's like a slaughter in here. Um, The scene was apparently so horrific that uh, a detective at the time, Albert Dinell, who worked with the Montgomery County Forensic Unit, told, um, told people that he is still haunted by the sight of of little Avery. No. Uh, Detective Donnell and uh, the district attorney for Montgomery County at the time, uh, Bruce L. Castor Jr., rec- recognized that the fatal wounds that they received were just like the ones that Jennifer still. One of the investigators uh, recalled that uh, Heather had been interviewed early on during Jennifer's case, actually and the two cases collided very heavily and the elements seemed to fall into place with a witness report outside of the Greaves' home in which she said that she saw John Eikinker leave the house while he was bleeding. Welcome back, Johnny boy. Um, Investigators uh, soon found Eichinger with a bandage wrapped around his hand. He claimed, though, that he had been bitten and scratched by his his dog, James Godby. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Let me restate that sentence. (laughs) He claimed he'd been bitten and scratched by his dog, according to uh, Detective James Godby who was with Upper Marion Police Department. John insisted he was at Ocean City Boardwalk when the murders took place. But Did investi- he have to? Right. Investigators were convinced he wasn't telling the truth, and um, they chose to lie to him a little bit. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. An interesting tactic that police sometimes use, but in, in this... Um, in this case, I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh, they told John that they had incriminating DNA evidence against him. Although they didn't really at the time. <laughs> Eichinger then confessed and admitted that he had been in love with Heather. And when she rejected him, he stabbed her, Lisa, and Avery, who he had known since she was a baby. Although she was still a baby when she died. Uh, seeing as he was now a toddler, I mean that she was now a toddler, and she would be able to identify John, he decided that he had to kill her in addition to her mother. John uh, then confessed to killing Jennifer Still six years earlier after she had rejected his romantic advances. 
Once again, the motive appeared to have been obsession and jealousy, which is why women are afraid to reject men. Facts. Why are they like that? Right? It's unnecessary it's and terrifying. Because they only have one thing. The audacity. Oh, yeah. Facts. His DNA uh, that they took um, after that ended up matching the drop of blood in Still's house. Which, um, I don't understand why they didn't take his DNA then or... Yeah, they would have. Yeah, they only took Danny and Destiny's and the boyfriend's DNA. Wow, the coppers went from Florida to, I think it's Sydney's real quick. <laughs> it's Mariah. I'll say, I don't hear nothing here. Oh, yeah. Right. So they fucking sped to California. Right? Oh, and a fire truck. Oh, wait. Wait, can I still talk or is that picking it up? It's still picking it up, but it's fine. Ambience. True. Get out of here, little fly. Um, Inside of John's home, police discovered keepsakes of the murders that he had stashed away and preserved. Why do they always keep something? Because it's like, oh, one it's like a trophy. to prove your mind. Yeah, a trophy or like your mind. You're so much mind that it killed you. It's super possessive. Mm-hmm. I get it, but like also it's stupidly dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, they also learned that John would carry the murder weapon around with him when he'd celebrate Halloween. So like the murder weapon he used on Jennifer <sighs> had some kind of ballsy. <sighs> I. Oh my god. <laughs> Literally. In October of 2005, John waived a jury trial. So, like, he was like, oh, I confess. And I don't need a jury. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he was probably like, there's, like, literally no chance I could get anything good out of this. Um, a judge sentenced him to life in prison for... Okay, mot- motorcycle. A judge sentenced him to life in prison for Jennifer's murder and for the killings of Heather, Lisa, and Avery, he received three death sentences. He has tried various times since to get off of death row. How's that going for him? Mm, not too good. Uh, I wonder why. Right? Uh, George Graves was awarded custody of Melody. And he said that um, I needed her. She gave me a supreme purpose. Which, like, yeah, I figure after you lose, like, two of your daughters and your granddaughter. This is, like, my only connection I have to them now. Um, for uh, Jennifer's mother, uh, time has not healed for her loss. Which was, like, I could totally understand after how she was taken from her. What is uh, it? I saw something earlier. It was a quote from a TV show. It's photographed on TikTok. Mm-hmm. That there's a word for when a child loses a parent, but there's no word for when a parent loses a child. Yeah, 100%. And she even said, like, there's no such thing as closure. No, there's not. Item to the hate list. Threat, yeah. Literally. Trying to see if he's still alive. If he is, and he mysteriously suddenly isn't... Don't look at me. Don't, don't, not Retweet. look at us. Man, Pennsylvania. Wait, uh, okay, that's like a recent picture of him looking old. Yeah, no, I think he's still on death row. Do not look at me if something happens to him. Yeah. I'm in Florida, I was nowhere near the crime scene. Yeah, none of us are near I Pennsylvania. Don't look at us. <laughs> yep. I was dying. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. 
I was over here getting turned for my birthday. I don't know what you're talking about. I was over here editing. Here's my tears on this piece of paper to proof. Listen, we have Discord video footage of me laying on my floor. Um, I think we all know. Yeah, we have Discord video footage of me shaking my ass in the TikTok leggings. I think we're good. You have the TikTok leggings? <laughs> Why haven't we seen them? Yeah. Where's the booty oh, pics? <laughs> Literally. They're black, so it's like hard to photograph, but bet. <laughs> I expect them on the Snapchat oh, later. Be like, body yaddy 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 yaddy. Yeah, I tried to give you guys some lighthearted D and D fun before I got into the murders. Yeah. IDK, I died. <laughs> <sighs> that was a good case, Mara. You're right. I you really, you were really, like, you're gonna like it. You're right. Wee. Fuck John. Retweet. Honestly. I can get started on mine in a second. I've just got like four snivvies to catch because it's community day in Pokemon Go and I need them all. Oh, bet. Oh. Maria's gonna yell at me because I uninstalled Pokemon Go. Ma'am, why? We could have been friends. I know, just like I don't go outside. <gasps> yeah, I don't either. I'm doing, po- I'm doing community day from my apartment floor. <laughs> <laughs> I think I uninstalled it when I was installing Genshin Impact, but I didn't play Genshin Impact either. Oh yeah, I need to download it it on my PC, because I'll play it more in there than on my phone. Listen, Lulu, I had to uninstall Genshin Impact because I still needed 6 gigabytes after I installed it. (laughs) Maya, how do you not have space on your phone? How do you have space on your phone? Right? Because I only keep stuff I need on my phone. Every single app I I need. All of my games. (laughs) I I can list you what I have on my phone right now. I have a section for apps I don't use, which is like the default apps your phone comes with, like the AT&T stuff. Mm -hmm. Then I have one, two, three, four D&D apps that I use when I DM at once. I have two money transfer apps, my bank, Etsy. I have two games. One of them is Genshin. I have my Google products. I have my three messaging apps. My music, which is two, which is default and Spotify. Anchor, Duncan, Flow. My family tracking the app. And Subway. I also have, oh, I can uninstall this Royal Caribbean one because I'm not going on a cruise. Uninstall. Oh, I want to go on a cruise. Same. Not right now. I want people to get the world in order before I do that. But what if we all go on one together? Bet. We can record so many podcasts while we're just sitting with each other. Yes. We could do it from the Lido deck. We're just going to be sitting there at like dinner in like nice dresses or whatever because you like dress up for dinner on cruises. Yep. And then, like, we'll just be talking about murder and casually being served, like, five-course meals. Yeah. And we'll have ambiance music. <gasps> Which is just the other the people ocean. talking. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say the ocean. <laughs> the last time I went on a cruise, I was 16, and it was amazing. But I also got seasick, so. The last time I went was for my quinceañera. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, they're like, do you want a party or a cruise? And I'm like, I don't like people. You know that, yeah. I was like, you guys expect me to wear heels? 
No. So we went on a cruise where it was enjoyable for everybody. Yeah, it was kind of like my sweet 16. My sweet 16. Except for it was just me and one friend and then my mom and my stepdad. And it was great. I got sunburned. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is we're going on a cruise and it'll be my first cruise. Yes. Yes. We'll buy the package that has unlimited drinks though. I guess I should learn else from Because otherwise that. you have to pay for your alcohol, and I'm sorry, but I'm not doing that. If I can't be wasted the entire time we're on the cruise, I don't want it. <laughs> Anywho, are you all ready? What? <gasps> for some spooks. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Let me get your cameras back on my phone so I can see your beautiful faces. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hello. Um, so I'd like to welcome you back to our haunted road trip. Ooh. Um, where we, we started? Today? Well, we started our trip at the Door Tree, where we um, vied with some ghosts of mobsters over a nice bite to eat. Then we uh, mm-hmm. vibed our way over to the Queen Anne, where we got on board and we spent our afternoon at the pool with ghost children and our evenings playing chicken with the ghost engineers while also following the proper safety protocol because I would stab you if we didn't. <laughs> this week, however, we're going to take our haunted vacation on down to Austin, Texas to check out Ooh. the Driscoll Hotel, which is... <gasps> oh, I feel like Lulu knows this one. It's a good one. It's 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 stunning. Have you seen pictures of the actual hotel? Because it's it's stunning. Yes. Like I found it. Like I knew it existed because of one of the sets of ghosts that are there. Specifically, um. But I also was just like, well, I mean, like I have paranormal things I could do. But hear me out. Hey, Google. <laughs> what are the prettiest <laughs> places that are also haunted? And it came up. And so that's nice. why I found it. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the history, which there's not a lot of the spooky stuff up in the history on the website, because why would they put that on the website? That would be ridiculous, you know? They need a put that page back from Door Tree book from the Door Tree's hotel. They just need to throw that on their website because honestly, people love a haunted place. Alright. True. So the hotel was established in 1886. It's located right off of 6th Street in a nice central location, I think. I've never actually been to Texas, but I'm just going to say it's a central location because it sounds nice for you to experience all that Austin has to offer, which it listed like a bunch of like restaurants and stuff. I think there's also historical things. I don't really know. Texas scares me, so. Same. Yeah. Uh, so their website actually offers like a very abridged history, but they have like a really nice timeline that we're going to go through really quick. I cut out a bunch of it. Um, but it was established in, in 1886 by Colonel Jesse Durskill, who was a wealthy cat- cattle baron, a well-established businessman, and an active civic leader. So his next lavish move, his next logical move was to open a lavish hotel, because what else do people with blood money do? 
And I say blood money because he made all of his money during the war. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, what else do they do? That's that's their MO. Yeah, they're just like, all right, hotel time. So then 1887 is just like a really rough year for them. Because in January, they host the first inaugural ball for the newly elected Texas governor, Sol Ross, um, which does spark a tradition for all Texas governors to hold their inaugural ball inaugural balls here then in may and then in may half the hotel staff is stolen from them by a competitor and they have to close their doors but then i uh, thought you were gonna tell me stolen as in like kidnapped i was gonna be like (laughs) no it's just like by a competitor like i guess they paid them better i don't know but then in october they reopened with a new management but now they were threatened by a nationwide drought so 1887 not their time and then I'm going to go through a super long list of this place changing ownership because they cannot, for the life of them, keep an owner. So oh. in 1888, the Driscoll family loses their fortune when a herd of more than 3,000 of their cattle die from an exceptionally cold winter. And so in May of that year, the colonel's brother-in-law, Doc Day, becomes the new owner, and I believe he won that actually from gambling with Jesse. <laughs> but then in 1893, our man's Doc literally trades the hotel for a ranch and a vineyard in California, as well as some pocket change. In 1894, it's sold at an auction. In 1895... A major George R. Litterfield, also a cattle baron, banker, and president of the Texas Rangers, buys the hotel and promises to never let it close again. However, in 1903, he sells it to Edward Sealing. Um, they have a moment that's good for them in 1908, where they host the first election watch party. <laughs> and there's a bunch of like really random things for like the next 70-ish years, like a, a ton of renovations. But then in 1973, it's purchased by Braniff Hotels. In 1980, it's sold to Laura Hotels. In 1983, it's sold to Lincoln Hotel Corporation. In 1986, it's sold to Austin Realty. In 1990, Capstar assumes minority ownership. Crash course for dumb bitches like me. Minority ownership means that you own part of the hotel, like the part that's owned by the shareholders. It's like less than 50% and it's not counted as a liability. In 1995, it sold to Great American Life Insurance because that just makes sense. In 2007, it sold to Low Enterprises. In 2013, it is sold to Height Hotels and Resorts, and they still own it today. For those of you who were not counting, that's 14 times that it changed. I lost count after four. I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) Same. Holy shit, that's so many times. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. But I just thought I would share that with you because as I was going through their timeline, I was like. What are you doing where you lose your ownership every, like, three years? Alright, so we got several ghosts for you today. The first one is... Um... First one can be found on the fifth floor and also in the lobby. So, on the fifth floor of the hotel, there's a painting that is unnamed, but it's based off of a different painting that is named Love Letter. And it depicts a little girl holding a bouquet of flowers in one hand and a letter in the other. Mariah, you look really hopeful for this. You want it to be really sweet, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's not. 
a lot of ghost hunters um, claim that it's a depiction of the four-year-old daughter of Senator Temple Leah Houston, um, who had died in a horrible accident at the hotel. <laughs> what was this accident, you might ask? Um, Homegirl fell down the stairs as she was chasing a ball in 1887, which was just one year after the hotel had opened. Yeah, so our first ghost is a four-year-old girl. For those who can't see, Mariah has a very depressed look on her face right now. As you should. She, she was baby. I don't know if she was baby because, well, I'll just tell you what people experience with her and then you can tell me if she was baby. Um, since then, guests have reported the sound of giggling as well as a bouncy ball in the lobby. And then people who pass by the painting say that they feel a sinister presence of oh. something following them until they leave the building. Mariah's like, never mind. <laughs> People who stare at the painting also report that her face will change and that they feel ill while looking at it. Is she, Don't like that. Is she still baby? Maybe she's not baby. Maybe she's evil baby. Alright, well, after that we have ghosties number two and three. They are a pair. And they are known as the Suicide Brides. Oh, oh yes. Love that. Yeah. Now, I, I know. I want to be now, one. I remember. I remember, yes. Do you know the Suicide? I was like, ah, now I remember. Ugh. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Is that us when we get married? Mm, well, these, they didn't kill not. each other together. Um, but I mean, we could go there if you want. Okay. So, um, on the fourth floor... A bride killed herself after the groom called off the wedding the night before their ceremony. Dick. So this young girl, she checked into, it was either room 329 or 525, depending on what site you ask. Um, and she went on a shopping spree where she wrapped up a nice bill of 400000 not 400000 $40,000. Still. <laughs> after her shopping spree, she calmly went up to her room with all of her bags and shot herself using a pillow to missile, muffle the sound. Yep. Okay. Yep. To which I hope they had a joint bank account and he just he was stuck with the bill. Oh, same. I hope so too. But they weren't married yet. Oh damn. Because he called do off the wedding. Like, do you need? Do you have to be married to have a joint account? No, but I feel like back in the day you didn't have a joint account until you were married. It makes sense. Some married couples still don't have joint accounts. So, I mean, who knows? Yeah, fuck that shit. But um, a lot of people report seeing her in her wedding dress, while others say that they see her with her shopping bags in tow on the way to her room. And then exactly 20 years later, in the exact same room, hmm. a young bride took her life in the bathroom. While she was on her honey room, honeymoon. Damn. I believe it was three days after their ceremony that she did that. Damn. This room was shut off for a while from the hotel, but it was reopened in 1998 after a renovation. But it has since had a lot of weird things happening inside, such as ghostly apparitions, unexplained leaks, weird sensations, distant voices, and unexplained noises. 
And now ghosty number four. So we have Colonial Jesse Driscoll himself, who is rumored to have stuck around after his death because he died four years after the completion of the hotel. So he never actually got to experience the success of it. Guests report smelling cigar smoke and lights flickering on and off on the hotel's upper floors that they believe is because of him. There is one specific story that I read online, and it was that there was a consultant in town, and he was staying in Colonel Driscoll's favorite room. It overlooks the 6th Street and Brazos. I don't know what that is, but we're going to go with it. I assume it's probably another street. Um, and he woke up in the middle of the night and saw a man standing in his room looking out the window, puffing a cigar. The consultant looked up and politely asked what the hell you were, he was doing in his room. The man looked at him confused but didn't say anything, so the consultant snapped on the light and then there was no one by the window, except for oh. the swaying curtains and a cloud of cigar smoke. There's also a song written about him um, by the lead singer for the group Concrete Blonde. It's Ghost of a Texas Ladies Man, um, because she supposedly encountered him while there. Uh, I listened to the song. It's a vibe. I don't know what kind of vibe, but it's a vibe. I wouldn't add it to my playlist, but... <laughs> it's on your on repeat. It's accidentally on my on repeat. <laughs> um, and finally, we have Ghosties number five and six, and this one's actually kind of sweet. Okay. I saved the nice one for last, and on a good note. But... Oh, unlike me. so this hotel was the first date location for lady bird and lyndon johnson right yeah my mind instantly went to the movie lady bird so they became regulars here this was actually also the place where he had found out that he won the election to be president oh shit that i did not know yeah he had an election watch party there and that's where he found out that he'd won Uh, So this hotel was arguably their favorite place in Austin to the point where some people can say that they catch reflections of the late president and his wife in the mirrors and out of the corner of their eyes in the ballroom. I hope they're dancing. I think they are. Same. And so yeah, that is the Haunted Trisco Hotel. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I loved it. I'm so glad you covered it. On that note, I'm going to eat another mint because I still feel nauseous. Alright, let me pull up my urban legend. Lulu, do you feel like you have to pee? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Are you going to send me to go pee every episode now? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I swear to goodness. I mean, if you don't have to pee, you can just sit there and listen, but... I'm totally getting up to go pee right now, not coloring in my coloring book. Okay, bye, Lulu. Oh my god, Lulu's gone, bye. Hey, girl. (laughs) Hey, Sid. Welcome to Sydney Mariah's uh, musical side show. Hell yeah, musical side show, that's a nice touch. Thank you, I thought it was nice. (laughs) What's on your on-repeat this week? Alright, number one. 
we have a nice Montero coming by your name by Lil Nas X. Because I too will be riding my stripper pole down the hill. <laughs> and then we have um, a drastic change, a uh, love story, Taylor's version. <laughs> Uh, followed by once again Sweet Creature by Harry Styles. A good song. And oh and then we have Wildflower by Five Seconds of Summer because oh, such a fucking oh, bop. Good song. Right? And finishing out we have Willow by Taylor Swift. Oh heck yeah. Once again, a bop. It is. I love that for you. Love Story Taylor's version is so good. Honestly. Alright, so mine hasn't changed all that much. We have in first place, Last One Standing by Zoe Clark, which I literally haven't listened to in a week, so I don't know why it's still on there. <laughs> um, she's Mine by Lauren. Can't pronounce her last name, but she's an angel, and I found her on um, TikTok. There's Break My Own, which is Taylor Bickett. I actually found all three of these women on TikTok. Ooh. And then we have Mr. Perfectly Fine Taylor's version by Miss yes. Taylor Swift. And it's oh so good. Icon. And then we if you guys have Oh, sorry. No, continue. I was gonna say if any of our listeners would like to uh, tweet or Instagram or Discord us about Taylor's new album, please feel free. I would love that more than anything. That would be my favorite thing. I round out my top five with Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. Oh my god, yes. And I'm just waiting for the rest of my playlist to be, my on repeat playlist to be taken over by Taylor's version. Because if you keep scrolling, there's like four more songs. Next week's uh, episode. It updates every five days, so I'm sure it's going to change by the time we do the next one. And, um, it's going to be all Taylor. <laughs> oh my god. Lulu's, Lulu's back. Welcome back, Lulu. <laughs> Lulu, welcome back. That was a great pee break, thank you. Wow, how was your, uh, how was your bathroom break? <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I got so much done. <laughs> Uh, did you guys entertain yourselves while I was gone? Yeah. Yeah, you know, we kept ourselves busy. Yeah. You know what else will keep you busy? <clears throat> Hearing about this urban legend. Tell me more. Please. Alright, so this urban legend was uh, recommended to me by our second editor, Michael. Hell yeah, Mike. Icon. He recommended this to me back when he found out we were doing a podcast. He's like, yo, I just moved to Tennessee and I heard this urban legend. Oh, and like, Tennessee. you should talk about it. <laughs> Tennessee. Okay, go on. <laughs> so I was just going to do it a while ago, but it's kind of similar to one that Mariah covered. So I was like, oh, wait a bit. Ooh. Oh. Yep. So this urban legend is the urban legend of Skin Tom. We'll get there, don't worry. Oh, okay. my pen is gone again. <laughs> pen, please. I'm gonna say I'm a little confused, but I'm following. You'll see. 
Got my pen. All right. So, it's from Walland, Tennessee. And I got this off smalltownmyths.com. Like, straight up, if you guys want to follow along, listeners, you totally can't on this website. I'm praying Lulu slips into a Tennessee accent during this. If she doesn't, I want to redo. Yeah. Listen, I might, I don't know. I don't control when my accent slips. <laughs> so, Tom is an attractive fellow. Both oh, of his looks say more. With his. <laughs> Please. He's an attractive fellow. Looks and charm. Real flirt. He didn't have a big fancy job. He was just like your everyday run of the world male kind of guy. And since Tommy here is a huge flirt, by the time he was in his late 20s, he had a relationship. It's there. Oh shit, is it? Listen, just (laughs) sit back and enjoy it then. So by the time he was in his late 20s, he had a relationship with all the available girls in his neck of the woods. Oh. All of them? So naturally. At once? All of them. Okay, well, Schuster. I mean, through his years. But he went through all the single people by his late 20s. So naturally, he expands the dating pool and he goes to the town over. Every time he found a new girl from that town, he brought them back over to his to a certain spot. It's like their own little lover's lane kind of thing. Disgusting. And so, it was here in this new town that Tom met another girl and fell madly in love with her. He consistently took her to this spot under the waning moon and starlit sky. However, she was a married woman. Damn. Damn. Tom did. Tom didn't give a fuck. He said, she's mine. I'm making her mine. And so from there, there was a weekend where the husband was out of town. And so Tom took her, took her to Lover's Lane. And while they're doing their thing, there's a banging at the car window that startled the couple. And before anyone could react, the passenger side door flew open and a burly fist shot through the darkness, tangled itself in her golden hair. Oh. And one swift motion, the woman was gone from the car. Oh, damn. Tom exited the car following the woman's screams as she was being beaten. Her screams fell silent and he could not find her. He ran back to his car and the next thing he knew, he was knocked unconscious. When Tom awoke, he was in a house that he did not recognize. His arms were bound above his head by the rope attached to the wooden beam in the ceiling. Feet held in place with cinder blocks tied to them. It was at this realization that Tom decided to look around the room. And in the room, he noticed on the mantel a photo of a groom and a bride. And the bride, he instantly recognized. It was the woman that he was with on that night. Panic swelled in his chest and it only took him a moment 
to then realize that there was plastic on the floor and a large silhouette of a man holding a knife. Neighbors who lived a distance away called the police when they heard screaming while they were taking the dog out for a quick night walk. Alexa, I swear to fucking God. Okay, Lolo. I'd rather not answer that. (laughs) Lolo. Yes. Can I request a humble pause while I move to the floor? Go. Are you joining me in the floor gang? Yeah, I have to have to plug in my computer. You know, I might leave this in. So, neighbors who lived a distant away called the police when they heard screaming while taking their dog out for a quick walk. When the police arrived, they only found two things. A pile of skin on the floor that was later identified to be Tom's and a set of bloodied footprints leading towards the back door. Sometime after, a couple drove to Lover's Lane under the safety of the full moon and parked near a ridge to get a clear view of the stars. However, since the night was cold, the car began to fog. And how, since it was a full moon, they could see shapes on the other side. From the corner of the female's eye, the blonde thought she saw a figure pass through the window and began to panic. She had already been hesitant to come to Lover's Lane from what the town called the attack but her boyfriend promised it all be over. That it was just a rumor, everything was fine. The couple quickly cleaned the windows with their sleeves and what stood on the other side of the glass caused a blood curling scream to leave the couple's throats. The boyfriend threw the car into reverse and sped off towards the police station. The couple reported that on the other side of the glass was a man who was covered in blood head to toe. His teeth exposed with unblinking eyes and no nose. A large hunting knife raised to break the glass. And that's where the urban legend ends. I love it. So supposedly that he haunts the lover's lane where him and his lover were caught and brutally murdered. I did take some liberties with this urban legend because it's been a while since I've written anything. So I'm going to add some spice to it. What spicy bits did you add? So any descriptive sensory details with me like the banging the blonde like mentioning blonde hair the night sky tom waking up in the house like he that part because there is one source that said he woke up it was it happened at the house and then there was another source that said it happened at the woods i'm, like, I'm gonna go with the house uh, the police did find the pile of skin on the floor and tom does haunt lover's lane damn tom mm, saucy but yeah the guest Playboy from a small town tries to get with a married woman and gets skinned alive for it. Police only find the skin, and now there's a man that stalks Lover's Lane, cursing the place. And then the couple was actually a part of the urban legend, and according to urban legend, they left in so quick, they weren't able to really tell if the man was covered in blood or if he didn't have skin at all. But the eyes stuck with them. And then there's even a song that I didn't listen to. Well, that's fun. That goes, have you seen the ghost of Skin Tom? Bloody red bones with the skin all gone. Oh, 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 oh. Wouldn't it be chilly with no skin on? And just by that, I think it's like one of those songs children sing, like uh, Ring Around the Rosie. Ring Around the Rosie. 
So one of those songs that is like cutesy, but actually has a really dark meaning. Yeah. What case of mine was it similar to? The Charred Man. <gasps> the Charred Man! You're right. Because he stalks the woods area, and I was like, God damn it, Mariah, I was gonna do it next week. <laughs> I love the Charred Man. The Charmander. Oh god, I, I really, for a while, I still hear Charmander. <laughs> I was thinking that because I'm, I'm on my Pokemon Go right now. <laughs> no, yeah. That's my urban legend. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I loved it and I love the accent. Listen, I'm gonna have some. From you Tennessee. had it for the whole thing. I'm gonna have some from Tennessee rail me. But, like, that's not how we talk. Listen, I'm bad at accents. Just because I slip <laughs> into them doesn't mean they're good. Iconic. But, yeah, you guys wanna go ahead and plug our socials? <gasps> yes, ma'am. Uh, Insta at t.n.terror. Twitter, t underscore terror. And you can go ahead and follow those social medias because that's where you get media updates about what's going on with the podcast. So if you have no idea why we didn't drop on Tuesday, go ahead and follow those because instant updates. And if you want to go ahead and leave us a voice message on anchor.fm and search up TN Terror, you totally can and we'll even play it on the podcast if I'm a competent editor. <laughs> and you can also send us an email with any requests or any stories of your own at tnterrorpc at gmail.com. And do you have any words for wisdom for us today? Uh, absolutely, I do. <laughs> I totally came prepared for this. <laughs> yes, you did. I totally did. No, yeah. I just, I really. All right. You already got a voicemail. Oh, continue. When there is no any enemy within, no enemy outside can hurt you. Unless you're at Lover's Lane and there's literally a man outside your car. I love it! <laughs> Thank you. I'm Lulu. I'm Sydney. I'm Mariah. And, and we're, we're T and Terror. Bye! Bye!